Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm gonna be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also gonna be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ad gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm Jen, your host, and today we have Kristen. I am really stoked to be introducing you all to her. She is a real estate marketer based out of South Carolina. She was in real estate sales for 10 years before making the switch and following her passion for marketing. Kristen and her husband, Andy, also own a real estate brokerage with over 100 agents in South Carolina and couple their crazy entrepreneur schedules with parenting their adorable children, Emma, who is three, and Ben, who is one. Kristen focuses on real estate marketing and more specifically, digital marketing, because she enjoys the rewards of helping a professional business reap tangible benefits that help their business grow through small efforts in their digital presence. I have so enjoyed getting to know you just a little bit before we started recording. This girl, let me tell you guys real quick. So we chatted for a second. She has been through, what, like 15 years in the industry in total, starting as a real estate assistant, doing her own thing for real estate sales. And then we've we've added in digital marketing and photography shifts throughout the last 15 years. Tell us a little bit about that journey, what it looked like, and how you ended up to where you are now. Yeah. So, you know, I got into real estate fresh out of high school as like a great side job for college. You know, it was pretty flexible. The money was decent. I come from a real estate family and saw it as a great opportunity to just really do something a little different through college than typical waiting tables, which I also did as well during college as wait tables. But it kind of sucked me in as real estate is wont to do. And I was in it for about 10 years and realized that my passion was more so in helping other agents with their marketing efforts. I was doing that on the side. I went to school for an art degree and uh, for photography and graphic design and really got more passion out of that agent calling me and saying, oh my gosh, like, because I would take up, I would take pictures for their listing or something along those lines, or I would help them with an email campaign or a flyer. And they would call me and they were like, oh my gosh, your pictures basically sold it on site. The pictures are what drew them in and, or your email went out and somebody else reached out to me uh, because they saw the email and that's who we ended up selling it to. And so like I was getting so much more reward out of hearing all that from agents. And so in 2015, after being in real estate and being a, a pretty decent producer for those 10 years, I decided to make the switch and make the leap into real estate marketing. I started my own company, Blackhound Creative Works. And I haven't looked back since. It's been a ton of fun. We really started primarily with real estate photography. And the difference that we were in our market was that we could couple a marketing element with email campaigns and things like that with our photos, um, which isn't something that anybody else in our market was offering. Since then, it's just grown. We deal primarily now, like you said, with digital marketing, more social media management, and uh, specifically lead generation. And we couple that with marketing systems to help agents follow up and nurture their leads. So now instead of just creating awareness and brand awareness and things like that for our agents, we're actually bringing them more business. 
through lead generation and following up and nurturing their leads so that they're not having to sit in front of a computer all day. They can do what they do best, which is out showing homes and writing contracts. And we're just hand serving up leads and qualified appointments to their calendars. We're scheduling appointments for them. We're doing live transfers, things like that. And, uh, and really just adding transactions to their business every day. Okay. So I loved everything you were saying, but what I really loved was you understanding and then in turn creating a process that helps your clients get those follow-ups. Because one of the biggest things that I've learned in business is the sale is in the follow-up. And when you do not make those follow-ups, you're leaving money on the table every time. So can you tell us a little bit about that? what that looks like, how you've come up with the process, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first started doing lead generation, I was generating all these leads for agents and I was super excited, right? Because, you know, I would send them over leads and we're talking like a hundred leads a month. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Like people are going to be rolling hand over fist. And then, you know, I check in with my clients and they're like, yeah, it's okay. It's, you know, I wasn't, I was way more excited than they were. Um, which is not uncommon in marketing for us to get more excited than our clients, but definitely they just weren't getting any results. And so I was like, what is the deal here? And then I realized I started putting two and two together and realizing that they have a follow-up problem. Agents are out showing houses and they're busy and they don't have time to sit there and call leads one after the other. And especially in the quantities that I was generating them, they don't have time to follow up with a hundred new people every month. And so I sat down, I did a lot of studying in various masterminds and various courses and put together a system basically where the lead comes in and we reach out to that lead immediately through call, text, and email to try to capture them. If for, if they don't answer, which isn't uncommon, then we stay on them. So typically in the first day, we do like two text messages. We follow up with text messages the next day and calls as well. And they also have a corresponding email campaign until we get that lead to a point where we can get them on the phone, figure out what they need, what they want, if they talk to a lender, things like that. And then we actually live transfer them if the agent's available to a call with that agent. And when we do that, we have, we basically do a transition call. So we have the the lead on the phone, we have the agent on the phone and we're like, we work as that agent's team. And so we're like, Hey Sue, this is Kristen. And I have so-and-so on the phone. We were just chatting And they're kind of looking for, you know, a three bedroom, two bath home in the Northeast. And, you know, I told her that you'd really be the best agent to talk to her about that. Here's kind of where she is in the process. And they do that seamless transition. And then they politely exit to help put those agents together so that they're not having to deal with a cold lead anymore. There's a true relationship being formed. In addition, we don't just send them everybody. We have qualifying questions. So if an agent says, I don't want to work with anybody under a hundred thousand, Or I don't want to talk to anybody that needs credit repair, send them straight to my credit repair person or whomever. We can do that as well. We work within their system and their qualifying questions to really create the best lead process for them. That's so smart. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I think, I think it's so important because it's something that photographers struggle with. And I think most business owners struggle with is getting a follow-up process that lands you your clients because you get the lead in, you may respond back and then nothing happens. They're like, well, maybe they went with someone else or they didn't like me or made them mad. (laughs) You know, if you have anxiety like me, you're like, what did I say? Right. You probably didn't say anything. It's just, it's a matter of everyone being busy and getting caught up in their lives and you're no longer front of mind. So when you have a follow-up process that works, 
you're going to see more sales. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah. One thing that I actually did as a photographer and um, we were just talking about this, but announced yesterday that I was going to be stopping photography services for my business because our digital side has just grown so much. And, but one of the things that we used to do in real estate photography is we actually had little thank you cards that we would leave at the home of where we were photographing because we have a relationship with the agent and that tends to be a pretty reoccurring relationship. But, you know, we wanted to also see about capturing that business. We would go into people's homes, photograph their home and never talk or hear from them again. And there are times I would go into a home over the span of the past five years of being a business. There's some homes I've been in two or three times just because of the turnover and having no idea who the people are, or where they went. But we started leaving these thank you cards in the homes of who we were, what we did. And I started seeing residual business, you know, because we talked about it wasn't just photography that we did. We also did these other right. things. And so it led me to different business opportunities with people who that I might not have otherwise had just in that little extra touch and follow up. That's awesome. I think that's another fantastic point is finding ways in your business to have that extra point of contact so that you're on top of mind. Exactly. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about how I know you ended up in the real estate niche because that's where your family is basically coming from. How would you advise a new photographer or any type of new business owner to get into a niche that they really enjoy? Because I think you went through a little bit of a process to really get to where you you love being too. Yeah, I did. You know, I do think it's important to really enjoy what you're doing, especially in a creative field. It's hard to be creative when you don't like what you're being creative about. And so finding that niche is important. I would really look at not just what you enjoy, but also what are your opportunities around you? Because I could enjoy going and taking pictures of bugs, but if nobody's willing to pay me for pictures of bugs, then it doesn't do me any good. Um, then it's a hobby. So I think looking at what you enjoy and then and seeing what the opportunities are surrounding those things. And I think it'll become pretty clear what can be made into a business. And if you're already in the photography niche, but you're doing, you know, like, I know some, I know photographers, a friend of mine is a portrait photographer or lifestyle photographer. I don't really know how I'm not a people photographer. I'm a thing photographer. So, (laughs) but she, you know, for the longest time she was like, oh, I'm doing weddings and I'm doing families and I'm doing newborns and I'm doing, and I'm doing all these things. And it wasn't until she got super specific on really narrowing down that she wanted to do families. You know, she enjoyed that element. Weddings were super highly stressful and there was a lot of pressure newborns, it was just a time thing, you know, trying to get there for fresh 48s and, and trying to be cognizant of it's such a small window. So if she was booked or, you know, she has, she has two small girls herself and to have that balance. So she found that, you know, with families, at least she was able to schedule those out. They weren't usually as time sensitive. And it's a set that she actually enjoyed working with because it modeled her own family. It's what she was used to. And so I think if you kind of look at when you're trying to narrow down that niche, if you look at where you are in your life, we tend to surround ourselves with people who are similar to us. So, you know, I think kind of narrowing it down in that aspect and finding the opportunities in there. Uh, so you work with your husband, right? Yep. Now, does he work with in, in Blackhound with you or is it he really manages the brokerage and you manage Blackhound? Yeah. So he really manages the brokerage and I manage Blackhound. We both got in real estate about the same year. 
just on coincidence. Uh, we did meet about the time we were getting into real estate, but we were both headed on the same path. And he probably about two years ago, two and a half years ago, he always knew he wanted to own a business. And about two years ago, two and a half years ago, he knew that he wanted it to be a real estate brokerage. And so we started doing the research and digging and figuring out if uh, we wanted to do franchise or independent. We decided on franchise and started talking to everybody. And about 18 months ago, we opened the doors to our franchise office here in Columbia, South Carolina, Lexington to be more specific. And since then, we've grown to three locations and about 100 agents. And it's really just, we have people all the time and other franchise owners who actually reach out and they're like, what are you doing to recruit? What are you doing to grow so fast? And I have to give it all to him. He is the most persistent, grind it out. It is, it is <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears for him. And he overanalyzes and stresses and obsesses. It, there's no magic sauce. That's what he does. He primarily runs the brokerage. We strategize together on both businesses, but he handles all those headaches. And I handle all of the black count side of things. Awesome. So what's it like working? Because do you guys work pretty side by side then at home or is it still pretty separate? No, I mean, we're, we're together a lot. So we have, we both work out of our Lexington office. Like I said, we have three locations now, but we both work out of our Lexington office about 20 feet apart from each other. There are talks of us combining offices. I'm not sure that's going to work yet or not because we're both on the phone usually 24 seven. And then at home, we tend to work kind of alongside each other. We do things together. Our relationship has always been such that we are better and we are, we get along better when we spend more time together. We're definitely not like if we have times where we just don't see each other, we don't get to talk that much. We tend to assume things about one another and that creates more problems in itself. So the more we communicate, the more, the more we're together, the happier our life is. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that. I think a lot of the times it's, it's the opposite. Like I think about me and my husband and I don't know that we would do well working together side by side. (laughs) I hear that a lot. A lot of people are like, I could not work next side by side with my husband. You know, we would drive each other crazy and we do. Mm -hmm. Don't be wrong. Like there are times we drive each other crazy. I mean, before we started this, he has the habit of popping into my office just randomly, like only when I'm on some kind of zoom meeting or something like that, where I really need him to not. And before this meeting, I walked over to his office and I was like, do not get into my office. I'm about to get on a Zoom. And he was like, just lock your door. I was like, I will. I'm just going to lock my door. Because, but we, so we drive each other crazy, but we, we do try to find the fun and just like the mutual, we share our stress to try to vent to one another. So that's so good. So, okay. Talk to me a little bit about, I'm a systems nerd. I love Uh systems. I, it's basically like my bread and butter. That's what I do for my clients. So tell me a little bit about systemizing as a business owner, figuring out what's going to work for you as a, because I can come in here and say, yeah, you can use Dubsado or you can use HoneyBook or you can whatever. Right. But if it's not tailored to your business, it's not going to do you any good. So talk a little bit about what that looks like for you, how you maybe even help clients find systems that work for them since you're doing those lead gens and that type of yep. thing. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, I similarly, I'm such a systems junkie. I can have major cost creep in my business because I'm like, Oh, what is this new goodie gadget system that I can try for a free Same. trial and then forget to cancel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so definitely systems are important. And so what I typically look at um, and it's funny you ask, I just went through this with our preferred attorney at the brokerage this morning 
because he's been having some bottlenecks in the communication process. And so I look to see really what are the issues in their business and fine tune it from there. I know, example, for a real estate agent, for lead gen, like you have to have a CRM. You have to have some kind of management system that keeps track of all of your clients, your database, and then also incoming leads helps you sort those. And the really, you can't have a CRM anymore that doesn't offer an automation component, an ability oh, yeah. for it to automatically text an email for you. And so I think that's super important and really having a CRM in any day, in any industry. So as a photographer, I had a CRM that I used for all of my clients and it just helped me keep track of the houses we did for them. It helped me keep track of the last time we'd spoke, any important things so that I could go in and pull a report or I could go in and look and be like, oh, so-and-so hasn't used us to photograph a house in six months. Like, I wonder what's going on there. And so I'd reach out and it could be that they found another photographer for one reason or another, or it could be that they were slowing down their business or anything like that. But it just helps me stay in touch with them. So CRM super important. I am really love with Calendly lately. Just the ability, I finally upgraded to the paid version after a long time of not. The ability <laughs> to have multiple calendars and the qualifying questions is really what sets it apart for me. So like for our lead gen, when people set an appointment with us to talk about our lead services, we actually have questions about like what their goals are and what their what they did last year. And, you know, any industry could do that similar setup as a photographer. If you have a booking link, you know, we didn't use Calendly for our online. We did online booking for real estate. We used Acuity. And, and that was great because people could go on and they could pick their date and time for their their house shoot, or if, you know, if it's another type of photography service, they can go on and basically do online booking. You can take payment, you can have qualifying questions right. and then it integrates with Zapier. So if, if anything integrates with Zapier, like it's automatically golden in my book because I can do anything with it then. Awesome. So those are the big, I don't know. I use a lot of tools. I could go on and on Google calendar, G suite yeah. for my team, uh, G drive, all of it. Yeah, I I like G Suite's probably one of my favorites. I have managed different things through Dropbox, and then I moved over to G Suite when I did a um, brand upgrade last year. And I'm like, where has it been? Why? Yeah, I was like, why was I ever considering Dropbox? I don't even understand this. <laughs> Girl, I'm paying a hundred dollars a month for Dropbox right now from my photography services. And I was looking at it and I was like, because they're such heavy files. Right. And, yeah. And so looking at it and kind of taking this photography element out of my business, I'm kind of looking like, okay, where are we going to save? What cert, what tools are we using that we won't need anymore? And all of our stuff is documents. But even if it wasn't, I looked at the pricing of G Drive and it's like night and day difference. Like I could have yes. been on there and been saving so much money for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I made the switch last year and I was just like, all right. Well, <laughs> yep. Sorry, that was God. hundreds of dollars I didn't need to be spending. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but hey, we love we learn. Yep, exactly. You'll be saving money soon. I, I know what needs to be the next tip on my social media, my tip Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. I have a question. So if you, I know you just decided to get rid of real estate photography. You're removing yeah. the photography services from your business. I think a lot of business owners struggle with 
removing services or niching down or any of those types of like scary big moments Mm -hmm. because it's challenging them to, it almost feels like they're leaving money on the table. So walk me through that decision, what made it worth it for you and, you know, how you're actually moving confidently forward. Yeah. So it was scary. I have slowly dwindled down my photography services over the past year, mainly out of necessity. Like you said, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I have a growing business and we opened a brokerage and uh, where I might be five days a week on the road photographing homes, I wasn't able to get anything else done. And so I was really where I was suffering was my customer service on all of my other services but it was still scary. So like I went down to like one day a week on my shooting and, um, and that made some people upset and I ruffled some feathers, but the people who were loyal to me, they were like, well, just put me on Wednesday, whatever Wednesday will work, put me on it, line me up because they were, they were willing to do that. I guess the biggest thing is I could see the potential of what was coming finally. And I'll, well, I'll be honest, the thing that like, forced my hand to make me stop shooting photography because I wasn't two weeks ago. This was not even a conversation. It was a eventually, you know, I was like, Oh, well I need like this many more digital marketing clients before I'll stop photographing. Like I need it to balance, but I was actually offered the opportunity to take a role on with a real estate holding company that franchises across the United States as their social media and communications officer. And I started looking at what that role was going to entail. And it was a really exciting opportunity and the ability to, to really push my limits on what I've done. It's a lot more PR. It's a lot more true brand strategy and marketing strategy. And I, I just, I realized like as much as I try to be superwoman and do it all, like I just couldn't, there was no way I was going to, it was a full-time role. And there was no way, even with the amazing team I have, I was going to be able to do that, photograph homes, run the digital marketing services help with the brokerage and be there for my kids, um, which is super important to me. And so I realized something had to go and I, and photography, honestly, for me, was already kind of on the outs and it was just like, all right, so instead of four days a month, it's just not going to be there. So I know that I need to get this many more digital marketing clients really quickly to make that work. But once, so here's the turning point though. And here's something I encourage people to think about. So like, if you're thinking about niching down, like, the pros and cons list is always a key thing, but also like when I realized I, so for me, I ran up the expenses of like, okay, cutting the service. Here's what's here are all the ways I'm stretching myself to make this one service fit. And once I real once I made the decision that I wasn't going to do it anymore and I was like, okay, well, we're going to get, we're going to be able to cut out this, this, and this, and we're going to be able to cut out this eight to 10 hours one day a week that I'll be able to fill in with other things all of a sudden it was just like, Oh my gosh, like for me, why didn't I do that sooner? Because my biggest thing that I complain about all the time is I don't have enough time. And I'm always, you know, stressed about money because, and for me, like I'm saving like a thousand dollars a month in expenses, like to just be real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I get a a whole day that I didn't have three months ago. It was every week, every week, exactly every week. And it was really stressful during COVID. I guess we're still in COVID. But yeah. it was really stressful then because our market didn't really slow down. And so agents still wanted photos of their houses, but that I was having this internal conflict because I'm going into people's houses and I have small kids at home and I know they're not in the typical high risk, but there's so much unknown that I, there was always just the fear of, 
What am I bringing home to my family? What am I taking into these people's houses? I don't know what their situation is like with their families and their risks. And so, but I, there was an obligation to still fulfill to my clients of helping them with their business. So it was really emotional time frame for that. And, and I felt honestly, whenever I made the decision to niche down, you just got to jump. You just have to, to jump and have faith and just trust that it, it's what's going to be is meant to be. Um, I was raised with that a lot of just have faith and what's me, what's meant to be is going to be. And hard work and persistence, it'll turn out okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So we talked a little bit about finding that niche. I definitely think it's important that it's a matter of really making the jump. You just have to, you just have to trust yourself. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, and it's like you said, once you realized, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then you started adding it up. It just fit. And I think when you find the right niche, that's what's going to naturally happen for most people. Mm -hmm. I know that's what happened to me. I officially niched down to photographers over a year ago and it was just like, there was really no change in anything. It was just a mental right hurdle block. Yes. Yeah. Like a mental block. I was just like, all right, we got rid of this. We're going to go forward. And I had the best year of my business so far. And I think that's what I want our audience to walk away with in this particular topic is when you decide to take the jump and you, and you go into that niche and it's something that you're truly passionate about and you like doing, it's going to come easier. It's going to be easier to market. You're going to be able to manage your schedule better. So it's it, your business and your life is going to naturally be better for it. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you love it, it's easy to compartmentalize and have like that family time, but you still really never like mentally turn it off, which is helpful oh, for the creative juices. Cause like if I yeah. can turn on my creativity, nothing is good. Nothing good is coming from that. But with like what I'm doing now, like I don't have to turn it on and off. It's just kind of ingrained and my brain's constantly like somewhere in there fueling out ideas for it. I love that. Okay. So I like to wrap up my interviews with three quick questions because uh, I always like quick fire questions. Yeah. So we've already kind of covered this one. What is your favorite business tool? My favorite business tool. So probably, uh, I don't know. That's such a hard question. Um, I'm <laughs> such a systems junkie. Favorite business tool is, oh, so I think this is actually my new favorite um, because it's, I think it's, they're a big company, but it's underrated is Basecamp. Oh yeah. I have been, I started using Basecamp because it offers that client facing ability. And so like, mm -hmm. it's great because you can have things that your team sees and you can have things that everybody sees, but it's got the communication. It keeps everything housed in one spot. You can upload files, link it to G drive sheets and all of that stuff. So Basecamp is probably one of my latest and greatest favorite tools. I do love me some Basecamp. I'm not personally in it. I have a client that's, that's in it. So I get to tinker in there occasionally. Right. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Wait till you, one day you will get in it and wait till you see it from the admin side. And like, yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Awesome. Okay. And uh, what is your favorite quote? Okay. So if this actually isn't a, it's not a real quote. It's, I am a fan of the Hollises, Rachel Hollis. Yeah. Case, and a big fan of Dave Hollis, her husband. And he actually on one of their morning shows earlier this year said something and I can't remember exact words, but the concept's still the same. I keep it written back here. 
but basically the desire to change your life doesn't go away just because things get hard. And, and for me, I put keep pushing. So the essential thing is that just because, you know, gosh, today was hard. Nobody answered the phone and I couldn't get any new clients or anything. Doesn't mean that I should change what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that just because today was hard, it's not going to ever work for me. It just means I need to try harder. I need to keep pushing. Let's wake up again tomorrow. Let's push again. And so for me, it's just kind of the constant reminder of to keep going. Awesome. All right. And then my very favorite question, if you and I were going to go grab a drink, mm-hmm. you know, when everything opens again, eventually right. one day, um, where would we go and what would we have? Oh, I'm always a sucker for anywhere on the water. I grew up in Charleston. Yeah. So you put me by a beach or a lake or anything like that. So anywhere on the water and then either a Pinot Grigio. I like Pinot Grigio. I like something a little harder or probably looking at like pineapple Malibu kind of thing. I'm a beachy girl at heart. So anything yeah. light and, and beachy. I had my first, I was at a client's event earlier this year helping them put it on. And I had my first Malibu and Coke. It's, I've always had Malibu and pineapple. Yeah. Malibu and Coke's delicious. <laughs> I, have to, I have to try that out. Yeah. I'm, it's um, really good. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a beachy girl. So just anything light and reminds me of summer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kristen. I loved our conversation. I can't wait for our audience to hear it and we will be checking in with you soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.